Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to the Beantown Podcast for August 18th, 2019. What's going on? How are you? My name's Quinn. This is my show. Director, producer, editor, key grip, and of course, best boy. And also hair and makeup, right? Cuts by Q. Don't forget about that. This actually came up. I was hanging out with uh, Tarek Shahada last night at his apartment. You guys know him. Uh, from the local Glow podcast, and he, uh, we were fortunate enough to have him on a couple episodes ago. But he was asking me, okay, so what, what exactly is Cuts by Q? And I did this big reveal. You know, I took off my Beantown podcast uh, limited edition collector's item edition hat, and I revealed, you know, my flowing locks, which had just been uh, given a fresh cut by Q um, the previous morning. Actually, that morning, I think, or the night before, I don't know. Friday night, I did it after work. So if you're, if you're wondering, Cuts by Q is my barbershop, boutique, salon, hairstylist, mani-pedi, whatever you want to call it. It's my company, Support Small Business. It's in the name, Cuts by Q. That's me, Quinn David Furness. And this is my show, Quinn David Furness Presents, the Beantown Podcast. One of the better podcasts on the north side of Chicago and your number one source for uh, misleading information far and wide, and you can trust me on that. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some, uh, well, it's going to be football-related language today, but, you know, even in the game of football, occasionally tensions get high and the the, the vulgarity just seeps through. We uh, will maybe get a little taste of that later when we have the commissioner himself one of uh one of the leagues i play in one of two is uh commissioned by is that the right word commissioned commandeered by uh the man himself hunter boland who will be did i say boland like dave boland hunter boland uh will be making i believe his beantown podcast debut and he's going to get us ready for fantasy football this year we're going to fantasize about some football and I think you're going to like it. But first, uh, because I completely forgot to do this last week, and the three of you who are listening were probably like, wait, where is this segment? Because two weeks ago, we introduced a uh, new segment called How's the, How's the Weather Over There? And we had a friend of the podcast, Matthew Fiedler, give a little weather update from Colorado. Last week, the plan was, and we had the audio file, it was right there, um, to have John Paul Pandowski, friend of the podcast, who uh, did our NBA draft um, sort of reaction recap special a couple months ago before he went to a uh, summer program where he was learning some German. So live from uh, now with, a, with our recurring segment, our second time, with the weather report from uh, Middlebury, Vermont. Is it Barry, Burry? How do you say it? I don't know. Uh, is uh, John Paul Pendowski. Take it away. Guten Morgen von Middlebury, Vermont. Heute wird meist bewölkt. Die Höchsttemperatur wird bei 69 Grad liegen. Heute Nacht wird es teilweise bewölkt und die Tiefstemperatur wird bei 50 Grad liegen. Der Sonnenaufgang war um 10 vor 6 und der Sonnenuntergang wird gegen 20 Uhr. Die Feuchtigkeit liegt bei 66 Prozent und die Luftqualität ist gut. Schönen Tag und auf Wiedersehen. I started eating some berries while JP was giving that weather report. They're good, good berries. I've been a big fan, so my local market recently has been uh, getting some clutch 
prices on blueberries, and uh, it's, that one kind of cut in half, but blueberries are great. They got antioxidants, which I don't really understand what what an antioxidant is, but they say you want them. So I was always taught in school, but or that uh, oxygen was what you want, but apparently not. So you learn something new every day in the Bean Top Podcast. How do you like that? And now we are going to be joined live from uh, Indiana. The man, the myth, the legend himself, the commissioner, maybe knows Michael Chiklis, maybe doesn't. Hunter Bolin joining us live. How are you doing today, Hunter? Doing good. Appreciate the introduction there, Quinn. Quite an outstanding uh, delivery. <laughs> well, that's, that's, the, that's what you want to hear. Um, we are going to be talking fantasy football Right now, uh, Hunter, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about Wrigleyville Dogs? Sure, absolutely. So that's, that's obviously the league that Quinn partakes in. Uh, he had a wonderful podcast last year uh, kind of talking about uh, fantasy football. So I figured I'd, I'd hop on and join in on the conversation. Um, our league is uh, our league's an interesting one. It's People have rotated in and out through the years, but... It's kind of a funky system. We we got auction drafts, we got shenanigans, we got loser, you know, uh, punishments and all that all that good jazz. So I didn't even know we had loser punishments. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. You've never. I don't think you finished in the bottom half ever. So what's what's uh, the punishment? We got uh, Connor is actually going to be doing it here in a couple weeks before his uh, wedding. Uh, he's going to be chugging a beer. Uh, and running a 40 right after. Oh, and we're nice. Timing him, and his time will go up on a nice plaque, a nice loser's 40-yard dash plaque. So <laughs> who, had to, who had to run that last year? Well, so, so this, was in, this was instilled, you know, ending la- like the beginning of last year. Okay. So whoever lost last season was going to do it. Connor, my brother Connor Bullen, got last place, so he'll be doing it. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it live. We're going to video it. So all of uh, all the rest of the Wrigleyville doggers will uh, get to see it. Wow! So, it'll be fun. <laughs> that might be the least extreme loser punishment it's, I've ever heard. It's not too bad, but uh, have you ever done? You ever heard of the beer mile? You ever? You yeah. Ever had to go on a track. You chug a beer. You run a four hundred meter. You chug a beer. You run a four hundred meter. You know, until a mile, so four laps. Have you ever had to do that? I, I never have. No, I tend not to lose things. <laughs> yeah. So you, you tend to avoid those uh, stupid bets and dares. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, thankfully, well, it's just uh, it's just 40 <laughs> meters, so that's a little bit less than 1,600. <laughs> exactly. Well, as we've gotten older and fatter, uh, 1,600 meters sounded like, I'm not sure anybody, half the group could run the mile, let alone <laughs> I think you're right. with it. So, so 40 meters seemed, seemed just, you know, just for the cause. Um, plus, we get to all see everybody's, you know, anybody who loses, we get to see their 40 time and how much slower it is than it was probably back when they were 16, 17, Ooh, 18 definitely. years old. Yeah, the the big question here, and then we'll 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 start talking some mm-hmm. some players here. What type of beer does he have to drink? Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. I feel like you know the group should decide. Maybe it's a Guinness. Maybe something heavy. I was thinking Guinness. That's good. <laughs> I'm thinking we find. So I my parents live out in Oregon, and there's a brewery out there, Deschutes, 
and occasionally they'll brew some real wild ones that have super high percentages, like 12 oh, or 13. God. I think Jesus. we ought to get a, a tall boy one of those and just <laughs> let him loose. Oh, man. I mean, if it's, e- if it's easy to get a hold of, do they ship it? Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure you could find something local that does something <laughs> that similar something to similar. that. Yeah, it should be disgusting. That's for sure. It should definitely be something that you don't enjoy doing and is going to be hard to choke down. So I definitely put it in consideration. We should give Connor the option of either chugging the beer or taking a double shot of Malort. Oh, God. I don't think anybody would choose that. Would you choose that, Quinn? Uh, double Malort? No, oh. but it might be fun. <laughs> Think, oh, that's yeah. Not I mean, it's that basically gasoline. gasoline. Yeah. yeah it's gasoline. <laughs> it's fuel. Been, you know, typically, you know, I know you're up there in Chicago now. That's that's the Lord's, you know, hometown. Um, people used to, we used to prank people all the time with that. Everybody would get fireball shots. You know, oh, I got a round of fireball shots for everybody. You'd order all of them except for one. You'd ask for more. <laughs> and one unlucky son of a bitch would get it. So. <laughs> That's pretty that was, uh, pretty that devious. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, not sorry I missed those parties. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and jump into some fantasy football here. We've got some hard-hitting questions. We've got some rapid fire. We, uh, we're going we're gonna to cover a lot of ground here in a pretty short amount of time because it's Sunday and I want to go do stuff. Um, and the Vikings, Vikings play tonight, playing the Seahawks. I got to put on my uh, Donovan McNabb jersey. Get ready for that game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He, hey, who knows? He might be starting tonight, right? Donovan I mean, what is it? The Eagles. The Eagles signed. Uh, you see, they signed McCown. I think he came out of retirement to sign Did with they? the Eagles. I didn't see that, but I believe it. I would believe it a hundred percent. That guy is still. Uh, he's Mister Mister. Uh, you know, Team USA. Wherever. Yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't completely followed. I suppose I could just look it up, but obviously the Eagles are having quarterback injury problems. But I, I'm not sure like how severe it is in terms of length of time. Like, is Carson Wentz out for a significant amount of time, or is he just like resting since it's preseason? Yeah. I I haven't actually read up. I don't know what their situation is, but well, that's a good point. I mean, if you if just looking at some of these mock drafts that I've done and just seeing where Carson Wentz go, Carson Wentz is going, it's kind of crazy. Like these kind of consensus, like you know, somewhere in like the four to like seven eight range. It's like that's that's pretty high up there for a guy that hasn't yeah. you know has had one flashy season and then you know has been riddled with injuries so i don't know we'll see definitely smart of the eagles to pick up uh you know a somewhat of a veteran quarterback <laughs> had success with swinging in a backup and winning a super bowl so i'm guessing that's that's yeah. the strategy yeah I, I carson once is the type of player where unless i and i still probably won't because i've never really like had him on a team so i don't really trust him yet but i can't imagine going into week one and having carson once like be your starting quarterback on a fantasy team i'd rather get me somebody like Jameis winston or goff or russell wilson or something and have you know take take Carson once and if he goes in the you know sixth seventh eighth round then there's no way I'll ever have him on my team but I don't yeah. I don't know I don't think at least in the league I play in where we do a snake draft I don't think that he's going to be going 
all that high. Especially because, I mean, I play, you know, this is the 14th year of, of my family league. And so we've got managers who have seen the greatness of Brady, of Rodgers, of Philip Rivers. So, like, even though it breathes, like, even though Carson Wentz is probably a better option than, you know, Tom Brady or probably Drew Brees this year, like, you're not going to be able to convince these old-timers – who have seen the Breeze numbers, seen the Brady numbers, that yeah. that you should take a flyer on this guy who has injury problems. So I think yeah. he's going to fall in a lot of leagues. Um, but but that's just my perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, I can could, I could agree with you. I mean, it's, it's typically you're either don't ever draft a quarterback until, you know, eighth, ninth on rounds, or you go after the Mahomes, the Watsons, you know, the Rodgers, those guys. So, yeah. you know. That's just kind of how it yeah. rolls with quarterbacks. This is true. Well, we uh, we'll be talking a little bit about quarterbacks later. Not not a ton today, but we do have a couple points on them. Let's let's jump into our first big topic of discussion. So, when I've been doing mock drafts, um, I actually already know in my my league where I do a snake draft, I'm draft, I'm drafting ninth. Um, and that tends to be a, a spot when I'm drafting where it ends up being like. I usually end up with some combination of Nick Chubb and or James Conner and then Julio Jones and or sometimes Odell, sometimes occasionally Devontae Adams, not super commonly. But um, so to me, there's pretty much no way that I'm taking two running backs with my first two picks just because the value tends to not be there. So when it comes when it swings back to me. You know, like two hours later, you got a lot of mid-round running backs. And some of them are getting really hyped up. Some of them people aren't really talking about as much, but they were guys who performed really well last year. So I'm just going to throw a couple names at you, and I just want to kind of get a a feel for for your perspective on these guys. These guys who are most drafts I've been playing in or, or mocking in have been going in like the fourth or fifth rounds. So... This, this, the, the first one here, Josh Jacobs, rookie for the Oakland Raiders, which we're going to be talking about the Raiders more uh, moving forward here. But what, what, what's your perspective on this rookie running back? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think he, you know, that's probably one of the top ones on the charts in terms of rookies. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's got the role. It's his to, you know, to do with what he wants. You know, there's some hype around the Raiders. You got um, what is it, Hard Hard Knocks or over there? What in on HBO that's been giving them all the exposure. You got Antonio Brown, all his goofy stuff. So you know, it it's brought on a lot of. I think it's impacted the team quite a bit. You know, obviously Gruden's out there, and he's he's got nothing but good words for Josh Jacobs. But you know, to me. I can, you know, I try to avoid all that stuff. I just go with, you know, the hard facts. What, you know, what do I see? You know, kind of the, what do you say, the eye test. Um, and that, that first preseason game you played, I actually, you know, saw all the highlights of it. Obviously, I didn't sit down and watch a Rangers game. But um, it was, uh, he, he did look explosive. I'd say that the biggest kind of um, takeaway I had from him and watching him was he seems extremely well-rounded. He seems like a guy that's going to be involved in the passing game. He's going to be able to, you know, 
I think, take the workload of a three-down back. And for somebody like Derek Carr, who, you know, he's not he's not really known anymore for the deep pass, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be a really big – I think he's rising on everybody's, um, you know, rankings. I, I'm not – I'll look up here. I'm not sure where he's set at the moment, but like you said, fourth, fifth round, I guess he's set around 16th, right around Chris Carson, uh, which is another mid-round guy. Um, but you get a, you know, you get a rookie. Um, that's always an interesting pick. You know, I think that they've said, uh, I was listening to some stats the other day, uh, rookie running backs that uh, actually start, you know, get the starting role as a team um, in the last, like, I think it's like seven years, uh, there's been uh, like 50% of them have been in the top five, which is crazy. Like, like how is that possible? But, you know, I think it's just when you're given the opportunity uh, and it's your entire backfield, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, a running back by committee team. Then I think it's, you know, look, look at all these guys that have, you know, maybe less talent that have really surged up, a James Conner, a uh, Damian Williams, you know, I think so. He, I think he's got a good opportunity to finish, you know, in that top ten. Do you That's have running back. Do you have any concerns about the fact that he plays for the Raiders, who also are in a division with the Chiefs and Chargers, two very high scoring offenses, um, and the fact that I believe Jalen Richard is still around, and in the past he's kind of been the 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 pass catcher out of the backfield for the Raiders. I just see, I'm not, haven't seen anything or heard anything that tells me that I think the Raiders are actually going to be a successful product this year. So I, my concern with a guy like Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs is I think he just gets game scripted um, out of games very yeah. frequently. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a risk. Hence why he isn't getting, you know, up there in the top 10 running backs. Um, but I do think, I think that, you know, with Gruden, he's an old school guy. I think he's going to want a, you know, he's going to want one guy. He's going to want a workhorse. And I think Josh Jacobs at this point shows that he can do it. I mean, again, we haven't seen a whole lot from him, but I think that they're going to put it to the test. He might have to roll into it. You know, like you said, um, I think, uh, yeah, whoever it is, Jalen Richard or whoever, um, uh, you know, he might get, he might start the season getting some, getting some work. But I think that, uh, you know, as time goes on, Josh Jacobs will be their, their three down guy, you know, um, their workhorse, the guy they get the ball to the most. So it doesn't concern me a whole lot, but uh, I definitely agree with you that like, you know, as much as we've seen for the Raiders, I don't think they're going to be, they're in a tough division, tough defensive division. And I don't think that they're going to, you know, rise to the top or anything. Sure. Uh, one guy you mentioned was Chris Carson for Seattle, and I'm actually going to lump him in with uh, Philip Lindsay from yeah. Denver. Mm-hmm. Two guys who I mysteriously and magically rode to a championship last year in Wrigleyville <laughs> Dogs. I don't well, know how it happened. Yeah. I don't – It. those were just two guys who – pretty much came out of nowhere and I was lucky enough to get both of them on my roster. Um, these are two running backs who, if you just followed them or had them last year, you know how money they were when they were healthy and when they were playing. 
but they're not getting a lot of press this year. Um, I'm not sure. I think Lindsay, because he just had some like freak touches where he was scoring a lot on a limited amount of touches, and then Chris Carson with his knee problems. Uh, how do you how do you size those two guys up this yeah, year? Yeah, I mean those are those are two both. I mean both of those guys are you know mid round running backs that I think you know you can get some value out of. I do I do hold Chris Carson much higher than Philip Lindsay, uh, simply in the fact that. You know, I think that Chris Carson has showed that he can, you know, that he's explosive, that he, you know, he caught, he caught passes. He's, he's been catching passes from the running back position all his, all his life, and I think they just didn't involve him enough last year. And last year he was, you know, I, I, I believe he was the top 20, 20 guy, you know, on a team that, you know, runs the ball quite a bit. I mean, Pete Carroll, we all remember the, the pass, you know, uh, to lose them the Super Bowl, but you know they were a Marshawn Lynch, you know carry them through the season kind of team. And I, Pete Carroll, you know I think he still extends that way. And I think Chris Carson, you know last year was kind of an upgrade, you know, or um, I think that he showed that he could do it. So I do really like Chris Carson. You know the only concern is this is can he remain healthy? I mean I know he's missed games about every year he's played, but you know for a mid round running back who has the upside of a, again a top. Maybe a top twelve guy, definitely worth the value. Lindsay, Lindsay's kind of a, you know, he's kind of a dark horse. He was last year, and I, you know, I I can remember when you picked him up on waivers because that's the only place anybody would have had him. Um, you know, he was he was unbelievable. He did win people championships, and I think, you know, he's got a remarkable story there. You know, he's only what five. Six or five eight, something like that. Just unbelievably small. Would never think he could make it in the NFL. You know, not being a Darren Sproles kind of player. You know, um, skill set. But you know, he he's explosive. He shows you know time and time again that he can do it. But I do think that, that NFL teams have trouble trusting that. They worry very much about the injury concerns. So I think a Royce Freeman. You know, them having a Royce Freeman over there. I think that they're going to split a lot of time, and I do think he's still going to be phenomenal. You know, he's going to be an Alvin Kamara kind of player. You know, that gets gets about you know forty to fifty percent of the carries, but you know makes so much out of them. But I don't think he has the upside of you know of being a, a top ten guy just because the simple fact that you know he's he is smaller, and I don't think he's going to get the work that we we think maybe he deserves. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if Flacco's throwing, you know, 55 touchdowns <laughs> this year, there's there's only so many points to oh, go that's around. that's right. Yeah, yeah, you homer. That's right. Uh, I forgot. You're, you're, you're a Joe Flacco Baltimore guy, right? Uh, not necessarily, <laughs> but uh, for the sake of time, sure. Uh, yeah. I, got, I got one other running back here, and then we're going to shift gears. Uh he, this guy's been just skyrocketing up the ADP. Carry on Johnson from the Detroit Lions uh, is a guy that I find myself drafting fairly often, and he's showed some flashes. I still have this burning sensation. It's not gonorrhea. It's in my mind where I don't know what the stat is. There's something out there, but the Detroit Detroit Lions running back hasn't had eclipsed some statistical thing that everyone else has in however many years. Yes. That's yeah, what you're, concerns you're me. <laughs> so, so how do you feel about Carry On Johnson? All that being said. Yeah. So, 
so, you know, you are right about that. And, and you know, kind of lumping him, I'll lump him with a Josh Jacobs, potentially, in the, in the sense that, you know, kind of when we had the concerns of o- Oakland being a bad team or not a good team, the Lions have not been a good team since the Calvin Johnson era. So, you know, you look at, okay, the Lions don't run the ball, you know, they don't ever run the ball, and they're, they got a tough division, one of the toughest, in my opinion, um, and, you know, they just, they're not a team that you, you know, you, you typically want to ride the running back on. Now, I think Kerryon Johnson is unbelievably talented. I think he's one of, one of the better running backs. I put him up there with a, you know, a Joe Mixon, a, you know, Devonta Freeman when he was healthy, maybe, you know, uh, maybe even like a David Johnson-esque, you know, player. He's, he's unbelievable. But I do think that, you know, similarly with the concerns of Josh Jacobs, he there's a good chance that he could get scripted out quite a bit. Now, you know, big news for the Lions when they lost the Aridic is that, you know, he should be that third down guy now. But, you know, um, I still don't, you know, where he's going now makes me concerned because I would have loved him, you know, at like the, oh, I don't know, fourth beginning of the fourth maybe end of the third i mean he was a value there but now he's going middle third top third end of the second and it's like that is so hard to rely on a detroit lions running back regardless of how talented the guy is to to get that value i mean you're telling me he's gonna gotta finish in the top what 12 running backs to for him to for you to get your value that's that's very scary for me yeah i am with you all the way. Um, again, early mock drafts, you know, I'm doing them in like February and stuff. Mm-hmm. Carry on Johnson, good value. And boy, he's just, he's climbing pretty high right now. And it scares me. It makes me nervous for sure. Because um, I love the guy. I got him, like, I'm with you. I, I drafted beginning of summer here, started some mocks, and you could get him fourth round. And you were like, holy cow, starting running back, com- completely talented guy. But now getting him that, that early. You know, I think I, I think I will avoid him unless he drops. You know, end of the third, beginning of the fourth, which just won't happen at this point. Yeah, I wanted to shift gears um, <laughs> to talk about a specific group of players, but actually, right before I get there, I you you mentioned a player's name who I have absolutely no idea how to feel about this year, and if he dropped to me at number eight in the first round, I'm not sure what I would do. David Johnson is extremely talented. He also plays for the Arizona Cardinals. And I don't care if you have Kyler Murray. Murray. I'm sure he's going to be an upgrade. I'm sure they'll win some more games. I still think the Arizona Cardinals are an awful team. And I don't, (laughs) based off of what we saw from David Johnson last year, when he, I think, was healthy and the Cardinals were just terrible, was nowhere close to being a first-round draft pick. So I'm wondering what your sort of perspective is on him, where you think he should be drafted. Yeah, no, he's David Johnson's an interesting one. So I just recently did it. Uh, we had our uh, inaugural uh, dynasty draft um, here with some uh, some other guys, and um, I got David Johnson at an unbelievable value uh, in my draft, so it was hard to pass up. But I was still extremely nervous in the same regards that you're talking about. You know, we, we've kind of mentioned several of these guys that, 
you know, are good running backs on bad teams. And bad teams don't produce <laughs> top, you know, 10 running backs very often, um, if ever. So, you know, last year was an exception even for David Johnson because in a half point he did finish as the 10th running back. So if you're in a 10-man league, he's a first-round draft pick. But people were drafting him, you know, third, fourth. Like, so, you know, you, you, you hurt a little bit when you're, you know, when you get on the, on the clock and you got the fourth pick in the draft and you take David Johnson, it hurts when he comes in 10th, even though he finishes, you know, the, the top 10. So, you know, at eight, it makes me nervous. Um, it's, you know, like it's unlikely that he's going to fall to that first part of the second round. Um, and I think he's a strong RB1. I just, you know, I think there's better guys up there. I mean, it's, you know, I think you can kind of what you've talked about, you could probably set yourself up a little bit better with, you know, potentially uh, a Le'Veon Bell uh, if you need a running back. Um, maybe even a James Conner, you know, one of those guys that might be, might, you know, get you in like the 11th, 12th, um, or shift gears and start. You know, start with a receiver and pick up some of these other, you know, running backs that come go in the second, third round that I think are going to be, you know, top, top producers. Sure. And again, you brought up another name and you're basically doing the segueing for us. You're a natural. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but not the actual team. We're going to be talking about guys who used to play for the oh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And there are, there are two, of course, very big names. And then there's a third one that's not as sexy, but still interesting nonetheless. Um, so let's start off right there. Le'Veon Bell plays for the New York the Jets. Jets. At this point, yeah. And here's, here, here's a little bit of my concern. So Le'Veon Bell is a very distinct running style. He likes to... Uh, hop around in the backfield, a lot of uh, lateral motion. When he held out last year and James Con- James Conner came into the Steelers and had an unbelievable season, what that kind of set off in my mind was, yeah, maybe Le'Veon Bell is really talented, but maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers just have the perfect run game scheme. And now I see Bell going to a much worse offense even if I don't I don't know much about the Jets offensive line to be honest but they just the the team as a whole uh hasn't done a lot recently and I'm not confident in their quarterback play um I see Le'Veon Bell going you know fourth fifth overall picks I I can't imagine I don't want anything to do with that that early on He's probably the one player we're going to talk about today where I have the strongest feelings, yeah, but I'm interested yeah, in interested in in your insights into Le'Veon Bell this year. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I think this is where we this is probably where we differ a little bit, um, just in the sense that uh, I think that the Jets, uh, watching Sam Darnold a little bit here, watching the offensive linemen um, upgrades that they've had, I think the Jets have all, as a whole have gotten better. I don't think that this is, you know, this is the year that the Patriots collapse or, you know, I don't think that they, the Jets are going to be one, a team to take the mantle. But I do think that, you know, they've had significant improvement. And I think that, uh, you know, coming, you know, what comes with that is a running back that, you know, I agree has is more shifty than, uh, in dynamic than he is, you know, explosive. Uh, 
but I think he's going to be such a value to Sam Darnold. I think, you know, when, when we talk about these uh, running backs that uh, do finish in the top five, all of them catch over 60 passes a year, or at least thrown you 60 times. I mean, it's just essential to be a part, maybe except for Zeke, you know, your, his first, his rookie season. But everybody else catches passes. I mean, that's what David, that's what made David Johnson unbelievable that, uh, that year he, you know, you know, he tried to go for a thousand and a thousand. Um, it's what makes an Alvin Kamara, a Saquon Barkley. Um, so I think Le'Veon Bell, you know, with his skill set and with Sam Darnold, Looking, I mean, again, we're talking about some preseason games we've watched and some rumors we've heard, but he's looked a lot better. He looks more comfortable. And I think that that makes, you know, and where do you go to, you know, when you are under pressure? The running back. And Le'Veon Bell has proven in the, you know, whatever, five, six years on the, on the Steelers there that, you know, he can be that role. I mean, he was the target for Big Ben when he was in trouble, and, you know, look where that got him. So I think he's going to be a, you know, uh, bell cow, I do for the Jets, and I think they're gonna have they're gonna be an upgrade on the team. So I think he does fall uh, hot take here. I think he does fall top top five for sure. Well, I, I'd be concerned about Leon Washington coming out of retirement and grabbing some of those carries, but hey, we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. I mean, opportunity is there for anyone. They actually, actually don't they? I believe they've got Ty Montgomery. I think I just saw the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> I saw they were watching, and um, oh, what's what is it? Adam Gaze, isn't he their coach yeah. now? Was talking about how Ty would cut it. You know, Ty would be a huge asset on the team. So <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe Le'Veon, you know, splits time with guys and runs a totally different program. But with the money they've spent, I I don't think that's as a coach. I don't think that's how you keep your job typically. <laughs> so you know, we'll it's, see. We'll it, see, but. That's that's my take on Le'Veon for sure. Is Ty Montgomery the the guy who was a wide receiver, and then one day Mike McCarthy just decided he was going to be a running back? <laughs> yes, that's exactly him. I think he's six foot, like he was six foot one eighty five or not, you know one ninety five, and they're like, yeah, you're going to be a running back. And so now he is. Yeah, what two thousand. Seventeen was a crazy time. So, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, the other big name, but other big ex stealer who has been in the news for pretty much all the wrong reasons. He's 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 <laughs> fighting with Josh Gordon for like all the negative publicity. Um, That's right. yeah, Antonio that Brown, one. who cryogenically froze his feet. <laughs> I haven't drafted him in a mock draft, and I probably done I don't know twenty five ish because. Yeah he would always go before I would even think about it. And I think we're usually talking like somewhere in the third is what I've been seeing. Typically I want nothing to do with it. And I, it, my argument is kind of the same way I felt about Le'Veon Bell, where I, I thought scheme wise, maybe he benefited a lot from the Steelers offense. I just don't think Carr is that great anymore. And I worry I, I don't know. I think Antonio Brown could put up some good numbers, but for the ADP that he's at right now, I just don't trust it at all. Uh, what's your take on Antonio Brown? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm on your side 100% on that guy. Um, Antonio Brown is a liability. Uh, I mean, we're not just talking about two NFL teams. I think to fantasy owners, he, you know, he's, he's one of the best receivers, 
one of the most talented receivers the NFL has seen. I really do believe that. I mean, the guy's 5'10", and he absolutely shreds the field like he's 6'7". Um, but I think, you know, he's going to a team that I've mentioned, uh, that we've mentioned several times, but even that I mentioned with Derek Carr, he doesn't throw the ball downfield. It's, you know, he's, I think he's, I think I read something the other day, he's, he might be the lowest, if not like, you know, bottom four in, you know, yards in the air. Um, so, you know, you're going to, Antonio Brown's going from a team where Big Ben was, you know, top five at air yardage to the bottom five. I mean, that to me, that's a really bad sign. Antonio Brown is not a guy that, you know, you uh, you just feed the targets to. He's a, he's a monster. Give me a 60-yard touchdown catch and... You know, then we're going to come back and hit you on a, you know, 20-yard post. And, you know, so, no, he very much – and then you got all these off-field problems. He very much makes me uh, – he's a big no-no for me. I wouldn't draft him anywhere near the value it he, uh, you know, that people are holding him to. So, um, yeah, he hasn't fallen on any of my teams, and, and I'm okay with that uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, the one other – um, well, I have a surprise one as well, but the one other actual guy is someone who used to be kind of fantasy uh, darling maybe like six or seven years ago and now is just pretty much as irrelevant as you can get. And I'll expand this to the, the, the Denver wide receiving core in general, but Emmanuel Sanders um, and then I guess by extension Cortland Sutton and I don't even know who else – Denver has on their receiving core. Also, side note, who does Demarius Thomas play for? Uh, that's a great question. Um, probably still in recovery, right? <laughs> From last year, I don't know. Yeah. That guy, you know, I, I think there's some teams that could probably use him, but, you know, there's always the fear of uh, <laughs> yeah. just another injury, just another issue. So, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. We'd have to look that up. Um, are you are you wanting anything to do with the wide receivers over at uh, Denver? Uh, obviously, Flacco, you know, 55, 60 touchdowns this year. They're going to someone. Uh, have you have you been interested by either Sutton or Sanders in any of your drafts? Yeah. So I mean, you know, I know we we mentioned it. You know, the the old. Ex-dealer, you said there, Emmanuel Sanders, who's, who has been, you know, a remarkable guy to have on your fantasy team. He's always been a value. About every year, he goes in like the fourth round, and he's a finishes like a top, you know, twenty guy. So uh, it's he's always been a value. But you know, I think he's had two big ankle injuries that have like you know reduced his mobility. You know, they they keep giving him a chance because I don't think they don't really have anybody else over there. Um, but I think he's, you know, he's another kind of liability guy. I think, I think he will be, he will be used quite a bit. Um, but I just don't think, you know, I think you got to scout him out for maybe 12, 12 to 14 games, 14, I think at the most. So he's a guy I'm avoiding. I mean, if it's, if we're talking like back end of the, you know, back end of the draft, uh, I don't, you know, I kind of just want to fill some pieces He's an okay. He's an okay guy. I kind of put him with. I actually put him around Larry Fitzgerald. I think that both these those guys this year are kind of these, you know, these veterans. They've been in the league for a long time. I think they're reliable, but you're not. You can't expect anything anything flashy from those guys anymore. I think they're just just some, you know, low end, 
you know, baseline guys that you could grab. So definitely, definitely not high up on him. And I think Denver as a whole, I think, uh, you know, with Flacco, how much he passes to the to the tight ends. I think, you know, whoever's over there, I don't who is it even the tight end over it? Uh, I think he might he might get a bump up. Um, but uh, the rest of them, I'm, I'm typically avoiding to like the real late rounds. Yeah, I have no idea who Denver's tight end is. No, and if, Noah if, Fant? Is if, that correct? Noah Fant. I don't know. See, that's what I mean. It's, so Denver's, if you can't tell, Denver, I, I'm not super high on with anybody. I didn't, I think Lindsay's going to get time cut with Royce. I think the receiving core is just not, I don't think they have any superstars. And I think, um, I think they're going to struggle. I think defensively is, is where they're, you know, that's where they're going to key in on. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one one other ex-Steeler and one uh, ex-Viking as well. What do you think Mike Wallace is doing these days? Hey, how about Mike Wallace? What's he up to anymore? He's still catching 40-yard touchdown <laughs> receptions or 81 yards? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, I, you know, hasn't he been? He's been all over. Wasn't he an eagle, uh, a raven? He yeah, he ended up teams? in Baltimore at some point, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I, um, I gotta remember him in a purple, I, a lot of purple jerseys. Yeah. I think is what I remember him at. So hell, take him, take him late if <laughs> if he's still playing. You know, you know, just for the nostalgia purposes. <laughs> I would, I would go Steve Smith. Hell, I'll put him on my team. Ooh, Steve Smith. <laughs> uh, which which one, the Panthers legend or the Super Bowl winning Giants receiver? Ooh, ooh. I, I mean, I was thinking Panthers, but you know, hell. Maybe we go. Maybe we go uh, real deep on the team. Well, there's your 14th <laughs> and 15th round man, picks. Uh, yeah. Then uh, Steve Smith, he's coming out of the woodwork here. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's kick it up a, a notch here. Let's do a little rapid fire action. We're not going to be elaborating. We're just getting right to the point, mm, and then we've okay, got okay. Uh, then we've got I think two other segments that we'll we'll get to. Uh, so rapid fire. This is going to move fast. So I hope everyone at home is ready. Uh, we're going to do four different positions here, and it's just which one do you think is going to have a better year fantasy-wise? Matt Ryan right. or Jameis Winston? Matt Ryan. Okay. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson or Alshon Jeffrey? Alshon Jeffrey. Running backs, Nick Chubb or James Conner? Uh, James Conner. Okay, and then the least exciting one, O.J. Howard <laughs> or David Njoku? Mm-hmm. I people have been saying David and Joku is going to be his year for like 25 years now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just this is his rookie, yeah, his rookie season. Man, he's he's just so electric. He's so athletic. Mm, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, have not. I don't know how many like 10 plus point fantasy games he's had, but it, it can't be that many. He seems <laughs> no, like seems like he's not. good to get you like three or four. Most weeks, and then occasionally one, and occasionally like eleven, and uh, <laughs> I guess that's kind of how tight ends go in general. But you can probably do a little bit better um, yeah. if you're. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even even at the very back ends of the rounds, you can still pick up guys, you know, that are that are a much much better value, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. You know, Delaney Walker. Hell, we're talking about some ancients. I think Delaney Walker is a is a value guy. Kyle Rudolph, your boy over there at Minnesota, I think he's a big one too. So, yeah, I don't think I I think I would avoid both of those guys. 
Yeah, the the top there are like the three big tight ends this year, er, uh, Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle. And then after that, it's pretty. Uh, I won't call it barren. I'll call it murky. Um, and to me, it's just like, unless I have a certain tight end in mind that I really want, I'm probably not even going to bother with that position until, I don't know, eight, nine yeah. round or something, just because there are going to be so many guys who will probably finish very similar to each other stats wise. And I just, I don't think I need to jump on one of them unless there's somebody I really like, which right now there isn't. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Okay, uh, I was hoping we weren't going to have to talk about this on August 18th, <laughs> but but we're still here. Two uh, slam dunk first round picks, uh, running backs are still holding out and nowhere to be seen. Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. So the the strategy, I think, on this or the perspective on where to draft these guys changes day by day as you get closer to the start of the season. But right now, August 18th, so opening kickoff is two and a half weeks away. Are you still taking both those guys in the first round? Are you taking one but not the other? Neither. Where, Where do you stand as of today on those two players? Yeah, I mean that's that is that's the million dollar question at this point. Uh, I mean, it's I've seen such a variety of things in my mock drafts that it's it's hard to gauge. I mean, you've got to have, you know, the the way I've looked at it is look at the system in place. So I look at we'll start with the one we'll start with the Chargers. I think the Chargers have enough moving pieces that Melvin Gordon is a isn't a requirement for the team to be good. And I also say that because, you know, the Chargers have no money. <laughs> they really don't. I mean, they, they don't fill their stands. They can't manage to, um, you know, when actually, you know, produce uh, what produce in L.A., you know, with their, without their stadium and stuff. So they don't have the money to pay the guy. And I, so I think that that's a huge that, – that to me drops Melvin Gordon almost off of my draft board. Um because I think that, you know, with all that in mind and, and what you, you know, if you've heard in the news, he's not going to accept any of that. And, um, you know, he's, he wants the money, blah, 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 blah. It makes me, makes me way too nervous. Um, so I do think that he's, he's just, he's just too much of a risk. Um, but, you know, we can, when we move, or as we move to Zeke Elliott, I think it's a much different scenario. So, um, you know, I think that Zeke is necessary for the Cowboys to be good. I think that without him, they're a much worse team. Um, and, you know, that being said, I, you know, Jerry Jones is just, I think he plays the hard-ass game of like, you know, I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to pay them. We'll find somebody, you know, oh, Tony, Tony Pollard is a beast. You know, he can handle the workload. It's completely different scenario you know there's not a philip rivers over there. there's not a keenan allen i mean not really i i would consider amari cooper a keenan allen you know they don't have the kind of defense that the chargers have so i think that zeke gets paid and so i still willing to take the risk of drafting him pretty early he definitely he was number one going into this season for me uh with how many catches he had last year we went from like 40 attempts the year prior to like 100, which is insane. I mean, that's just, 
crazy for a guy that was already finishing in the top five without catching passes to catch that many. Uh, so he was my number one guy, even over Saquon. But with all this stuff, I, you know, it's always just better to go with a little bit less or risk adverse guys. So, you know, I still think Barkley, McCaffrey, and Kamara are above him. But Zeke is Zeke falls on my fourth fourth pick. Sure, what you said makes a lot of sense. Uh, regarding that that Chargers uh, backfield, if you get to your draft and it's next week or the week after, and there's been no updates on the Melvin Gordon situation, and you want to take a Chargers back not named Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. would you rather draft Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson? Yeah, that's a good good question. I mean, I think to me, you go with the value. Um, Austin, Austin Eckler is rising. He's rising on boards, and it again, it makes me nervous. I mean, I you know, I'm going to spend, a, I think he's up to like the, maybe the fifth round, fifth round somewhere, fifth, sixth. That's kind of a high, that's a high payment for a guy that is going to split time regardless. Austin Eckler doesn't have the ability to, to be a, uh, you know, workhorse back. So, you know, to get him, you know, he's a, he's a, Tariq Cohen on a, you know, a less, I think a less exciting offense. Um, and to get him in the fifth round, no thanks. I don't want him. Um, if he falls below, you know, below that, then, then I'm considering. But Justin Jackson is practically free. Uh, I mean, there's no risk to it. You just grab him in like the 10th, 11th, 12th round. And, you know, you've got a guy that's going to get the ball. I mean, quite a bit. He's, um, I think he's yeah he's slotted here at the fifty fifth pit uh, running back right now. And I mean, if the guy gets even half the carries, of, you know, split with Austin Eckler, he's gonna finish at like thirty two. So you're talking about value. That's twenty spots on a guy that's three. So that that's my take on it. Um, you know. Yeah, we'll say if you're drafting uh, in a league that has three Northwestern alums, Justin Jackson will uh, <laughs> will not be the 55th running back taken. Yeah, so just uh, right. just beware right. um, of him uh, showing up in the second round all of a sudden. You uh, same with Clayton Thorson. Hey, look out, uh, Eagles. Okay, we've got uh, one last segment here. It's a pretty big one, but it's it's kind of all on you, Hunter, to just. Give us whatever insights you want to give us. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, each of those positions, one guy you think is going to do way better than their ADP currently, and then one guy you think is going to severely underperform their current ADP. So uh, two guys per position. Uh, The the floor is yours. Great. Okay. Exciting. Um, I'll throw out – for the quarterback, I'm going to throw out one that uh, I think, you know, that last year he finished or he had a strong finish to the season. Um, and that's Lamar Jackson. I think that he's right now he's slotted somewhere around like the 20th quarterback on the board. That's around Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mitch Trubisky. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the ability to run as a quarterback, as long as your league counts it the same, I think that that value is just huge. You know, we we talk about like, uh, you know, like a Kyler Murray, a Josh Allen. Like, I think those guys are gonna just they just produce too much. Uh, you know, in the red zone, they score a lot of touchdowns, they run a lot, and they just get so many yards off the run. 
uh, or scrambling that I think that it's it just it sets up a beautiful baseline for you. And you know, if we look back at Lamar Jackson's college days, he was a bomb thrower. He loved to throw the ball deep. Now that comes with all sorts of interceptions, throwing in bad double coverage. I mean, you know, the guy isn't. It, it hasn't stepped up in the NFL, but I think that he's going to hit on a couple of those bombs. I mean, and then, you know, he's going to have a strong baseline with his running. I think that that sets him up to be a top, you know, I'm not saying he's jumping to it like a top five or something, but I think he could finish top 12, top 10 for, you know, kind of like a, just up based off his baseline of running the ball. Yeah, I, uh, I am not totally so you you you've called me a homer in the past um i i don't know i think lamar jackson to me is still a guy that i i'm not at the point where i want to draft him to be my starting quarterback but if i could get him in the 12th round or something like that as my backup to a you know a clayton thorson or a joe flacco then i'm all for it um but uh No, you're right. I mean, Josh Allen was a guy at the end of last year who was sneakily putting up really solid games because he was getting like 60 rushing yards and a touchdown, and his passing numbers were like 8 for 24 and 31 yards. But, um, I mean, he was, you're right, racking up those those numbers on the ground. So, yeah, I uh, I think that's fair insight. Yeah, the quarterback one is definitely the – it's the fishy one for me. I mean, kind of like you've talked about, I don't like to take – you know, I either go all in early, early, or I sit back and let everybody grab whoever they want. And, you know, I would take a guy like Lamar Jackson. You know, you can double up too. You can take a Philip Rivers, Lamar Jackson, play the matchup, you know. Uh, you can always stream. Uh, Jackson will be there on the waivers, so, uh, you know, often weeks – so, you know, I think he's a plug-and-play kind of guy, but I think, you know, finishing the season, he, he has his numbers, just like you said with Josh Allen. He could finish the top 12 guy. All right. Who's a, who's a quarterback you're not really feeling this year? Ooh, um, I mean, kind of, we kind of mentioned it just briefly. I, I think Wentz scares me. Andrew Luck scares me. I, I don't like injury these injury guys because – you know, they're out. They're out a couple weeks, and you know you're scrambling. So, yep, I uh, I keep waiting for Andrew Luck to uh, get better, and uh, haven't heard anything yet. That's it's it's scaring me with uh, T. Y. Hilton as well. Um, we could talk, I'm sure, for many more minutes about the, oh, the Colts yeah, situation. But, that's, that's but every year with him, I mean, it's a package deal for sure. Yep. Luck plays. T. Y. is a good value. That's simple. Yep. <laughs> Just yep. that easy. Let's uh, let's move to the running backs here. So same spiel. Who's a uh, who's a guy who's maybe being snubbed a little with his current ADP? Who you think is just going to have a great year? Um, so I think th- I could, could I could throw up several contested guys, but I think the one I'm going to go with uh, is Miles Sanders uh, for the Eagles. I think that. You know, I, I got to watch some of their preseason game, and I think he's explosive. I think that he's what they've been wanting. You know, when they try to get a JGI, you know, they've, they've been looking for the guy, their guy, for some time. Um, and I think Miles Sanders might be that guy. I do think that he's. I think he's got. You know, he's a, he's a well suited for their offense, and you know, kind of, you know, kind of. Uh, reversing the the scenario of Carryon Johnson, a David Johnson, a Josh Jacobs, 
the Eagles are an incredible offense. You know, they've got all the pieces they need. Um, as long as Carson Wentz stays healthy, I think Miles Sanders is a, is a huge value. And I, uh, I think he's getting drafted around like the 28th running back. And I think he's going to finish well above that. Well above that. Uh, does Jay Jai currently have a team or? Uh... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I can't believe he would be uh, much value anywhere he's at. I mean, the guy's like basically walking around with one leg. So yeah, that's <laughs> be fair. Tough, tough to make it in the NFL that way. Who's a who's a running back? We've already floated a lot of names. Uh, running backs wise so it 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 certainly doesn't have to be someone we have or haven't talked about but uh who's somebody that's going uh a little bit too soon for you too soon um carry on's definitely one and i think uh uh hate to say this for you here but dalvin cook okay we've had this conversation before (laughs) you know i'm not a dalvin cook person it's true it's true i I know you're a Minnesota fan, but you've you've stuck by that. That's that's very honest. You've been you've always been like the guy is overhyped. So I think that he's. I mean, he's taken like the first round, like sixth running back. So either either he goes right after the receivers, or I've seen him right before now with some of these. You know, with Zeke and Melvin Gordon, I've seen him taken before Adams. So, oof, I don't like that value. Yeah, <laughs> Dalvin Dalvin Cook is not Adrian Peterson and. We just haven't seen the Vikings offense completely put it together and stay at that functioning high level. They, I mean, they had it with Case Keenum, yeah, and, and Dalvin right, Cook had, had some good stuff going there. But <laughs> with, with Kirk Cousins, it's, just, it's not the same. Not to say that Keenum's necessarily better or worse than Cousins or vice versa, but it, you throw Dalvin's knees into the mix, and I just – you're right. If I can get him – in the third or fourth round, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll take that risk. But drafting him in the beginning of the second or the mid-second where I've been seeing him going, man, I've just been burned a couple too many times with Delvin waiting for him to come back from injury or slotting him in when he's back and then he's just a decoy. It's yeah. just he's way too high for me. I don't, I don't get it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm with you. With you 100%. All right, wide receivers. Who's who's someone that's uh, looking a little juicy there for you? Who you really like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would lump. I think that it's kind of. A, I would lump them all together. I think that the. Uh, I think getting a hold of a Rams wide receiver uh, is about the best thing you could do. They all, you know, finished in the top twenty receivers last year. Uh, that's Brandon Cooks. That's uh, Cooper Cub, and that's Robert Woods. All three of those guys are top 20 uh, receivers that are all going in the same value of 20, 21. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy to me. Robert Woods might be the only one that's still kind of up there. But I think Cooper Cup is maybe the, the biggest steal of those. I mean, I know he bat- he's battled some injuries. I know he, you know, is ACL. And, but he was a touchdown monster. Um, and in receivers, to me, typically that's what I look for. I like to look for guys that are – that are consistent targets in the red zone from, you know, young quarterbacks. I mean, you know, Jared Goff's still a young guy. I mean, he's only been in here a couple of years. You know, he's got tendencies, right? He's going to throw to the guys that he thinks, you know, are, are reliable. And so you look at all three of them, and I think any of them are good picks. But I think Cooper Cup is that, you know, him being the lowest value of all of them with the injury, um, I think he's got a huge value, huge upside, I should say. 
So just straight up, which of those three wide receivers would you take first in the draft? Straight up, uh, Robert Woods. But, you know, I think just he's too high right now value-wise. A little too high for me. Okay, okay. Uh, let's flip it around. Who's, who's someone you're not feeling this year? Um, you know, it's, it's tough with receivers, but I think, you know, we've talked about Antonio Brown. He scares me. Um, I, and then the other one I throw in there, obviously we got T.Y. Hilton. He kind of scares me, you know, obviously with Luck being. If Luck's not there, T.Y. is not going to produce at that top ten receiver that people hold him to. So, you know, I think both of those guys scare me because they're getting they're drafted so early, and I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. Okay, okay, very good. Uh, we're going to finish with a bang here, everyone's favorite category, tight ends. Mm, oh, boy. Also so a I'm strip club in Boys Town. Yeah. I got the names of all these tight ends. I'm going to throw a dart, and we're going to just throw a random name out that's going to be good. And I, I probably heard of about half of them. So, yeah. so, so who's a guy, and I think we can, for this – for this portion of it, uh, exclude Ertz, Kittle, and, and Kelsey from the who's uh, – let's see. Who do you really yeah, like? Because those guys are be, are going in like the second and third rounds. So who's one of those guys now that's going, you know, sixth round and later that uh, that you think could actually be a top yeah. five tight end this year? So I think uh, the, the one that pops on my head is uh, Trey Burton uh, for uh, my Chicago – Bears team. I think that last year he was valued way too high on a new system that we hadn't seen. He was still, you know, he was battling injuries all last year. So I think a lot of people are going to feel burnt by him. So he's getting dropped. I mean, he's getting picked up the last round of the of the turn, uh, you know, the draft. Uh, but I think he, I think he has big upside. I think the Bears are going to be a team that shuffles a lot of points around. I think that they're going to, you know, I don't think they've got one guy. You know, we look at a lot of these other teams, and, you know, I don't want to have the Hunter Henry uh, because Keenan Allen's going to steal so many of those targets. I don't want a David Njoku because they've got too many heads to feed over there. I think that with Chicago, they don't have a superstar receiver. They really don't have a superstar running back necessarily. So I think that Trey Burton's going to see more value this year than he did last year. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this might be a total shot in the dark, but who's who's a tight end you think is just not going to make it happen this year? Well, I so we'll just go right back to him. I think David Njoku is is he's picked as the ninth average. Uh, his average draft position is ninth on the tight end list, and I just do not see Baker is not looking to shuffle a eight-yard pass to his tight end. <laughs> he's wanting to go big. He's wanting to hit his running backs. Like, Baker's, I don't think that he's out there like, you know, oh, let's get this this little dump pass to David Njoku and let him run. So I think Njoku is, uh, I, think he's a, I think he's too high, too high of a value. Yeah. All right. Boy, we, we got through it. What did we learn today? Don't draft David Njoku. Um, <laughs> no one needs yeah. J.H.I. or Melvin Gordon. And uh, Quinn doesn't love Delvin Cook. All right, I think I think we got <laughs> I love it. it. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate you having me on here, Quinn. Yeah, do you? Uh, let's let's do one other uh, fun thing. I know I know we're both homers here, but one thing that I think anyone who follows the NFL knows is that it's 
seemingly impossible in recent years to repeat as NFC North champion. <laughs> so in your, yeah. in your best ability as an objective fan, what do you think is going to happen in the NFC North this year? Damn, you, that is, this is the hardest question. You saved it for the last, huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's tough. I mean, I think that if you were looking at, you know, just whoever's the most solid, I think I think the Bears are the most solid. I think the Vikings have the most upside to win the, to win the uh, uh, division. I think that they've got better pieces than the Bears do. It's just if they all come together, if Dalvin Cook can stay healthy, if he is that running back that they're taking on, if Kirk Cousins levels up being his second year uh, there, you know, if Diggs and Thielen stay healthy, if the Vikings defense, you know, steps up, I think that the Vikings got a good shot. Uh, I think they have the best shot of winning the Super Bowl. We'll say that. Um, I think the Bears. I think the Bears are pretty solid everywhere, but you know, outside of their defense, offensively, they're not. You know, it's nothing is just unbelievable. Like I, like I said earlier, they don't have any superstars. So uh, Trubisky, you know, he needs to level up if, if they're going to even repeat last year's twelve and four season. So I think those two are the front runners, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bears fan. You're a Vikings fan. I think they are the two best teams in the NFC North. You know, the Packers, you never, you can never, ever, ever, I say this every year, especially, you know, watching last year's first game when Aaron Rodgers goes out in the first half, getting sacked four times, he's injured, the Bears are up 23 to nothing, and Aaron Rodgers come back and comes, in, comes back into the game and wins. You can never count that guy out. So, you know, I don't think the Packers as a team have any chance, but Aaron Rodgers somehow pulls wins out of his ass, so, you know. I won't count. I won't count him out. Yeah, the Packers. I feel like in uh, NFC North games are always such a pain in the ass and impossible to kill. And then you watch them like go to Washington or something and lose by 15 points, and you're just like, "Why couldn't you guys do this when uh, when we were playing you?" They <laughs> yeah, they always exactly manage to lose the games that yeah. aren't exactly easy games, but just like, man. I don't, I don't no, know. They, it I don't never know. is. That, that's the whole division, though. I say that, too, about the Lions. I mean, I didn't include them because they're terrible. But, you know, I will bet you money <laughs> that, uh, that the Lions take a game away from at least the Bears. Bears-Vikings, Bears-Packers, you know, they, they always manage to take two wins away from NFC, NFC North teams that need the wins. So, you know, it's just a tough yep. division. I do think it's the toughest in NFL at this this current, you know, current stage. Yeah, they're they're kind of like your your brother Tristan. They're never going to actually do anything, but they're just a pain <laughs> in the ass regardless. That's exactly right. Yeah, they're just annoying. Just annoying. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, any, any last uh, parting thoughts here? We, we've gone on for a long time and taken up too much of your Sunday, so I apologize. But, but any last... Uh, things you want to say to the, the the four of us who are still listening <laughs> no i mean it's, it's been a pleasure to be on here i love talking fantasy football uh always look forward to it every year you know we go through these these grueling spring summer months and you know you hear all this hype around every team and once we get here it's just incredible so you know i i, I love talking about it. it's always good to you know get on um get on and do some mock drafts and and you know it's just it's just a lot of fun. So uh, again, I I had, had a good time here, and it's you know look forward to our auction draft coming up here 
September 1st. Yeah, the Wrigleyville Dogs <laughs> League will be drafting two weeks from today, and the NFL season opens up the following Thursday, headed by uh, yours truly defending yeah, champion, right. show of handsome, Quinn David Furness winning the Wrigleyville Dogs League this past year. <laughs> yep. um, See, on the <laughs> will you be the first to do it back to back? That's, that's it's tough. Question. We, we play in a pretty uh, uh, well-enlightened league, so... Um, like for, for example, so when, uh, the whole Nick Chubb thing happened last year, which I think the kind of signal was they traded Carlos Hyde to the Jags. I was working that day. And by the time I got around, it had been like three hours since the news broke. And I think Greg or something had picked him up. But then in my family league, my family league, it was all quiet on the Western Front, and I picked him up, and I, I won the Super Bowl there, too. So, um, there you go. Double championships. Man, that's, that's unheard of. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a magical year. Two very different teams, right? One had Chris Carson and Lindsey, and another <laughs> one had Tyreek Hill and Kamara and Nick Chubb and yeah, Zach Ertz yeah. and Baltimore. It's just there's – there are multiple ways to win a championship, and luck is pretty much the only consistent factor. There you go. All right. Thank you, uh, thank you, Hunter, for coming on. I really appreciate of it. Of course. Of course. Absolutely, Quinn. All right. Take care, man. All right. Thank you again to Hunter for coming on the podcast. That was excellent. Let's read uh, some ads here, and we are super long. One of the longer episodes ever, uh, which is fine because that was really good content. And if you are a fantasy football fan or player, um, I hope that was insightful for you because Hunter and I are are not people who win every single year and always kick ass, but we've been playing the game for a long time. Uh, I know I've been playing, this will be my 14th year of fantasy football, and Hunter, I assume, is probably right around there as well. Um, So we don't claim to know everything, but we do have some insight. Let's get to the ads here. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there is good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you better call Steve at 541-410-0316, or you could visit homeprideoregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or just head over to homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon, inspection perfection. You got to say inspection with a certain inflection, two words that rhyme. You got to love it. And shout out, big day for the Samson Q2U series, double duty. Always love our friends at Samson, but even more on days when it's pulling double duty. Uh, I hope the audio quality, I haven't listened back to it yet, but I hope the audio quality worked out. We were doing FaceTime audio, um, and uh, I think it I think it sounded good. That's what usually what we try to get to. Uh, and thanks again to uh, John Paul Pandowski for his weather report. It feels like days ago, doesn't it? Um, shout out to Torrid Curves, the uh, clothing line, lingerie company. Again, hit me up if you want to do a partnership. Uh, let's do our last ad read here. Again, Cuts by Q. That's me. You're talking to him. You're listening to him. 
if you're talking at me while you're listening to the podcast, people might think you're crazy. But I encourage it. We're all a little crazy. All right, Bob and Weave. We all know the hairstyle and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like Enter Sandman, but completely different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995, and it's probably one of the better barbershop operations servicing Chicago, Cook County, and Chicago land. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, just call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email for those young kids out there who only do the emails, email cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Again, that's cuts. QTZ by Q at yahoo.com. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at cuts by Q. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward ad reads today. Thanks again uh, to all you friends of the podcast. Don't forget to use hashtag friends of the podcast. Thanks for listening to our 2019 fantasy football special. Really appreciate a lot of good, uh, a lot of good nuggets in here. Uh, again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can always email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T-O-N podcast at yahoo.com. Hey, if you want to do the weather report for our show next week, get in contact with us. It's real simple. All you got to do is record yourself for however much time you want from five seconds to five minutes, giving us a detailed climate report about where you're at. We're talking temperature, cloud cover, humidity, heat index, UV index, visibility, uh, soil, uh, how it tastes, whatever you want to do. And if anybody speaks German and knows what John Paul said in his climate report, also shoot us an email because I don't know, right? No clue. Haven't asked him, forgot about it. We'll see. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Good luck to uh, all the fantasy football players out there as we approach our 2019 season. Uh, Remember, Steve Smith, there's two of them, so know which one you're drafting uh, before you draft them. Heads up, they're both retired. Okay, for all of us here at the Beantown Podcast, thank you to Hunter Bolin, Commissioner of Wrigleyville Dogs. Thank you to John Paul Pandowski. Welcome back to the north side. And that's about all we got. So enjoy the rest of your weekend, and everyone have a great week, and we will see you next time.